0: This is a healing service, if you don't know, and part of receiving anything from the Lord is hearing, hearing the word of truth, believing that word of truth, and acting on that word of truth in faith. That is, that's what the Bible says, how we receive anything. That's how we receive salvation. We heard the truth that God sent his son to redeem us. We heard that truth. We believed it was true. We believed that God is real and and it was true. And then we acted on that by inviting him in to our life and committing our life to him as our Lord and Savior and knowing that it was done. Well, there's some there's a part of this word of truth that we sometimes limit it to how we think about true or false, right? Okay, here's some here's a sentence, that's a lie. And here's a sentence, that's the truth. But Jesus calls himself the word. He calls himself the word of truth. So the word is a person and the word is actually the power it's not talking about the power the word is the power that's why when we're in a spirit-filled church that believes in the word of god we can start to comprehend that when we understand a word and we believe it and we act on it one of the ways we act on it is to speak it we act on it in faith by speaking it. It's like the if the if if it was tangible, the word would be seen coming out of my mouth like a two edged sword and penetrating Jennifer into her heart and her soul and and, and activating something in there and actually doing something is that word. It's not the the lie or the fault the falsehood or the or the truth of the of the statement. It is actually the word. God spoke and there was light. He says that he created us just like him and he talked about the tongue being so important that you know it could it could it could start fires and it could kill and destroy with our tongue because we have God's creative power in our spiritual DNA that our words are how he creates and that's how we create. When I first heard this maybe 10 years ago, you know, to me it sounded like, "Oh boy, you know, that's like woo woo." Well, we can't we can't ignore scripture. Let's go to John 5 starting in verse 19. This is going to be a lot harder having to hold a mic, but that's okay. Our our little thing stopped working. Okay let's start in verse 19 and you you got it cool Elizabeth is good she has to she has to pull out all of her resources when I'm up here <laughs> what's that oh John 5 darn I spoke too soon Elizabeth is almost good she's Getting better all the time. No, she's good. I just threw her a curveball. I've already sent her all my scriptures, and now I just threw this at her. So it's John 5, starting in 19. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but whatever he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son also does, for whatever he, the Father, does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all things that He Himself does. And He will show Him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom He will. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son, that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father." He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent Him. Most assuredly, then we keep going, most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in Him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not not come into judgment but has passed from death to life. Most assuredly I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself and has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of God. So the, the things that, well, that jumped out at me when I read this earlier today and then I thought, Man, I, that's I think that's kind of there, is for one, like the last one, all we had to do was hear the word, and it did a work in us. So it had nothing to do with, you know, any kind of physical understanding, just the word. You know, if Jesus was here, and he spoke to you right now, if he was, in, you know, visible, and he spoke a word, whatever that, the word would do something. We wouldn't have to, like, let me think about what he's saying. Oh, I understand what he's saying. Now it's in me, and so now it's doing a work. No, there's something unique about the power of God, his word. So, yes, we have to believe the word and act on it in faith like I just said. But if we realize that the power of the word was the power even before the understanding, it releases that understanding. It, Well, like for example... Let's say I did not believe that Jesus came and died for for my sins. And And I had a friend. And my friend continued to say, the God of this universe came to earth for you and died on the cross taking all your sins upon himself to set you free from the bondage of sin. Well, I still don't believe. Well, he said it again that man, if it was me, I would be saved. The power of the word will do it. It would eventually get to my heart, and then I would believe. So if we are having trouble, like like we're having a healing service here, if we're having trouble believing that we can be healed of something, we need to speak scriptures that talk about healing to ourselves and listen to healing teaching and the power of that word that i still don't believe in and act on the power of the word will start going in and all of a sudden oh i get it oh step faith manifestation A little bit further in John, don't turn here, I'll just read it so we don't have to go there, but in John 6, it is the spirit who gives life. The the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So Jesus is the word. And all his words that he spoke to us through his spirit and through the Bible are spirit and they're life. That's very spiritual. If, if you don't think that, you know, the word of God is spiritual, it's no, it's just about knowledge. Then we understand and then we believe and then we change our lives. No, there's so much more here. I mean, you, just read John. I, I just ask you to read John slowly. And I tell you one thing, and I did, I read, I read the whole gospel of John uh, yesterday. And one thing that, st- there's two things that really was, I, I didn't really realize. How often Jesus said, it's not about me, it's about Father. It's about I'm just doing the will of the Father. He said, "I'm doing the will of the Father," five times. It's just, you know what? It's, you know, I'm doing the will of the Father. I, whatever I see the Father doing, it's man. He, it's the Father, and I'm just, I'm just, I'm just doing the will of the Father. And the other thing that I really got out of uh, of John is how his just in different places where it was talking about the Word. There's just Word, Word, Word. Speaking and speaking, speaking, and it's just like, wow, there's a truth in here that I've got to get. Here, I'm, I'm doing the, I'm doing the, the man logical thing, most of my life, and I still am today, to way too much. All right, well, give me something I can believe in. Now, okay, I can believe in that. I got it. What about the stuff I don't have the ability to believe in? Do I want to miss out on that? Well, the Word can penetrate my heart, my brain, get through the brain filter to my spirit and bring the truth to me. That's why we're so encouraged to consume, eat, eat Jesus' flesh. (laughs) When we are reading the Word, it is penetrating through the filter and getting to our spirit. The more, you just, men of God that just love the word, if you hear them talk about the word, they just love the word. It's not like, man, I know the word. and I, You know, I've done the word. You know, they just love the word like it's the best dessert, you know, ever made. It would be like the equivalent of, you know, how much John loves ice cream. You know, something like that. It's, It's just yummy. The word of God is yummy. Well, that's one of the ways that we actually get these truths into our spirit, into through the brain, that we can actually start seeing signs and wonders and miraculous things in our life. Most everybody in this room, the reason you're here is you've seen a miraculous thing in your life, or you know for a fact that it's possible You because know, of how you believe. That's kind of why you go to a church like this. It's, it's just, To me, it's, uh, I can't even think about just going to a church just because it's a church. You know, I want to see the power of God. Jesus said, you will do greater things than I'm doing. All right, so why aren't we seeing as many healings as Jesus did? <laughs> when he went to the multitudes all got healed there's not one example that he couldn't heal someone the closest one is when he went to nazareth and he was only able to heal a few you know a few minor colds and their unbelief kept him from doing anything else so it implies that he probably just knew yep, nope you know like he saw some men and like ooh, they recognize that they had faith to be healed well he probably saw the town they have unbelief to not be healed, you know. So he probably didn't waste his breath. So I think he was 100% successful in every time he ever, you know, tried to do healing. So that led me to uh, to do a little research on his healings, and I I want to just I want to just talk about it real. I, I kind of I had all these I had some notes to go in detail. And I might, I might pull out the notes a little bit to go to some of the scriptures, but I kind of want to give you a story of, of personal testimony first because most of the guys, I think one of my times I shared it at one of the men's breakfasts, I shared this personal testimony, but I think there's someone in here that needs to hear this. Uh, c- close to six years ago was the lowest time of my life. I had, it doesn't really matter, right? We all have the story of why it was nearly the lowest time of our life. So my story doesn't matter how I got there. had nothing to do with family, which is praise the Lord, right? You know, my relationship with wife, great. Kids are doing great. But it was everything else. <laughs> and not health either. So, you know, if you really heard my story, you'd say, golly, what a wimp, you know. You had your health. Family's great. You got God, what more do you want? But, you know, at the time, you know, I was at the end. And I I spent lots of time with the Lord. I, I wasn't working. I was self-employed. And so that was a whole part of the financial thing, the financial crisis part. But that wasn't the worst. And I had lots of time with the Lord. I was, you know, I would just like, can't wait till the family goes off to school and, and my wife to her job. And I just, boom, I was with the Lord and just in the scriptures and seeking him and crying out and, and just really seeking Him, but I got to a certain point where it was the end. I say literally, but in the spirit, I could see the black swirling abyss in the middle of my living room, with the, like the, the wispy white cloud there, you know, giving it definition of going down. And I, I would, I knew I was going to fall into that pit. You know, call it depression, whatever. It doesn't matter. It was that was the end. It was just. You know, I don't know, maybe I'll just be, you know, laying in the bed going, blah, 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 blah. You know, I don't know what my end was, but it was going to be the end. And I I started calling out to the Lord. I brought up three instances in the Bible where he spoke in an audible voice. And I, it was my wrestling, like Jacob wrestling with an angel. It was um, pressing in. You know, you might say, oh, pressing in. But whatever it was, <laughs> you know. I had, I had the Lord by the ankle, and I wasn't letting go. And I said, Lord, you need to, or I said, please, I don't know what I said, but you need to speak to me in an audible voice right now. Not tomorrow, <laughs> right now. And I used the scriptures as my backing. You spoke here to this dude. You spoke here to this man. You spoke here to this guy. You can speak to me. So 20 minutes later, 15, 20 minutes later, I received a phone call back when I had a landline <laughs> six years ago or so. And, uh, and there's a deep, gravelly voice. Is this Neil Johnson? Yeah? Is this the brother of Gail and Perry Jansen? Yeah? <laughs> this big, burly laugh. And I'm like, this is weird. And then he said, this is David Bartley from Sweden. David Bartley was my best man in my wedding. I hadn't heard from him or seen him in 16 years. 16 years prior, he moved to Sweden. He was an entertainer, you know, like a piano, piano man, you know, guy. And, and I could tell he had a, it was in the middle of the night. And he said, I just woke up thinking about you. And I realized how ridiculous we hadn't stayed in touch And he went on for about five minutes to tell me how impactful I was in his life. And all this stuff. Then all of a sudden, his slightly intoxicated, middle-of-the-night voice went away. And a very articulate, totally different language voice took over. And he, for about five, ten minutes, I don't know, could have been one minute. I have no idea. Because I'm just bawling like a baby. And he spoke Everything that I had been asking him about. He talked about every single issue, gave me the confidence on every single point, like you know, like he was there listening to my prayer, like go figure. And you know, I couldn't talk and just bye, you know, hung up the phone. And I got up, eyes bright. God met me. It's a lifetime. It answered my question for a lifetime. I have no question now. Wow. God's real. He's ever-present. And he loves me. I don't need anything else. And then if I told you the journey from the last six years to here, it's just restoration, restoration, restoration. Gifts, gifts, gifts. Glory, glory, glory. And here I am, a pastor with an opportunity to speak to you. I mean, it just blows my mind. And I I say that story because I want you to know how much God loves you and how he doesn't want you feeling distant from him. He doesn't want you feeling like you're trying to solve a puzzle. Like, gosh, was I supposed to turn right or left? I don't know. I saw a cloud leaning to the right, so I thought I was supposed to turn right. Right? You know, he doesn't want you thinking like you're trying to always arrive somewhere that you just don't even know where the stop is. And you don't even know if you're heading in the right direction. No, it's not that complicated. God loves you. He's ever-present. And he wants to meet you in your need. It's that simple. I know we have why questions. Well, if it was, if it was uh, I don't know, I don't want to sound trite, but if God said, okay, forget about that worshiping me in spirit and, and understanding who I am through my word and by the spirit. I'll just show up in person. You guys can't do it anyway. Do you see how that would almost like ruin it? <laughs> no, he's a spirit. We're practicing our eternity thing. Our eternity thing is spiritual. We're going to be getting a new spiritual body. We're going to be worshiping a spiritual God. And, and I don't know. There's a something in me that is waking up to the fact that, wait a minute. If my new body, my, I'm a spirit being, and I'm going to be communing with a spiritual God forever and ever, I want to start practicing being spiritual. I think that makes sense. So if we're spiritual, we do things that doesn't make sense all, you know, to our logic. I mean, it really doesn't make sense. So these, these three healings that I'm going to just kind of go through, uh, these are Jesus' healings. Now, of course, he says the multitudes were healed, but this doesn't count any of those stories. This is the actual stories of Jesus healing an individual person. Only We, we talk about, we, in, in spirit-filled circles like ours, we talk about the importance of faith, right? But you know, of all his miracles, only two, and they were both non-Jews, activated their healing strictly by their faith: the woman with the issue of blood, and the centurion. Woman, issue of blood. Oh, I'm just. I just. She knew. She heard about Jesus. She believed Jesus, and she's acting on her faith. Mm, Knew I was going to get healed. Boof, healed. Centurion, no. I. He heard about Jesus. He understood who Jesus was, you just speak a word, my servant will be healed. Jesus was shocked, like, whoa, he was prepared to go to his house. You know, he never, he said, proclaimed, I haven't seen this much faith in all of Israel. And he said the word, and that very hour his servant was healed. And there's a there's a couple instances where, and instead of turning to scriptures, I, I'm, I'm hoping that most of you know these stories so you can validate that I'm not making these stories up. Uh... There's a couple instances that God initiated the healing. So on one side, there's man initiating the healing with his faith. And by and large, most spirit-filled churches, that's what we expect you to do. So I want to talk about that. You know, come on. Activate that faith and go get it. Well, okay, that was two of the many. But there's only a couple that it was totally God-initiated. Like one of them was the blind man that, or the, um man with infirmity that was sitting by the pool of um, Bethesda, however you pronounce that. And, you know, Jesus said, do you want to get healed? And, and he said, oh, every time the angel stirs the water, you know, someone else gets in there first. And then, you know, Jesus healed him right then and there. He didn't even know who Jesus was. You know, who healed you? I don't know. So obviously it wasn't his faith. So there was a couple instances like that, that God initiated it, and it happened. The rest of the instances, Jesus was the middleman bringing people to the power of God. One of the things missing sometimes in our expectation of healing, we're either waiting around for God to show up, manifestation of God. You know, oh, there's going to be a new move of God. We're waiting for God to show up and initiate or waiting for these darn folk in the chairs to get their faith activated and come get your healing. Well, that's actually the best way. We know that. That's the best way to get healing and to keep your healing is to activate your faith and really understand that it's there and Jesus wants to heal you. That is the best way. But, most of the healings that Jesus did, he was involved as a mediator to help them get their faith to, to, to believe. He gave them some helps, like he gave them some things to believe in. Like the guy who was lowered down on the mat by his four friends in front of Jesus' feet, he started talking to the Pharisees. This guy's just laying there, you know, well, I got here, now what I do. And Jesus. He was helping him. He was building this man's faith. And he started talking to the Pharisees and pointing out their unbelief. And then he said, son, your, your sins have been forgiven. He's still just laying there. Didn't know what to do. You know, at that point, Jesus just said, your, your sins are forgiven. And it's an all-inclusive package. He could have just stood up and walked. But he didn't understand yet. And then Jesus, like, talking to the Pharisees. But he's all the while building up this man's faith. Well, to prove to you that I have power to forgive sins, I say to this man, rise up and take your bed and walk. Okay. You know, and he had his faith activated. So we as believers, we need to help God as a mediator. He always, God is always using men. He, you know, he used Moses as a mediator. You know, obviously Jesus is our ultimate mediator, but he needs, he needs us to be mediators. Right now, my job in bringing some words to you out there, my job is to mediate and bring some words from the Lord, from the Word of God, and to help ignite your faith to believe that God indeed, has the power of God is indeed here for healing. So it's not all it's not just up to you. Don't don't be don't be walking into this place feeling uh you know I've been prayed I came up five times and still haven't got my healing and I'm just a lousy Christian. I just don't have faith. Well, we could you know, we could Instead of doing that, we could blame God. God, you just haven't showed up. Power of God, you know, just waiting on the power of God. Well, no, both of those things don't work. I mean, let's not Let's not go there. Let's not worry about your faith not being strong enough. God, Jesus, knew that people needed help. So we can understand, we could come to the front to get healing humbly, not having it all together. I don't even think I have faith to be healed. That's okay. The power of God is going to be on me tonight. Because he promised that the resurrection power, the same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead, resides within each of us, so I know if, it's, if it resides within you, I know it resides within me. And so I'm going to be that mediator, and I'm speaking these words of encouragement that you hold on to the fact that God wants you healed. Why do we have to have all these ifs and buts? If we haven't experienced yet, we just, things have gotten away. Things have gotten in the way. There is no ifs and buts. But yes, there's things that can get in the way. Unbelief, we know. We heard that whole series from Pastor Mark. But the bottom line is, I want you to come up here feeling unworthy. That's okay. Oh, I don't have faith. That's okay. God can work with that. You come up here with confidence of who He is, and knowing that oh, whatever it was that blocked it, Lord, I had I know it has nothing to do with You. I now am starting to understand that the power of Your Word can bring healing to me. Just the power of Your Word, a word from You can bring health to my bones. Isaiah said that Jesus died on the cross so that He would carry our infirmities, that by His stripes would be healed. I know that you want me healed, that I could be healed. So you come up with that kind of, not, still not sure if it's gotten to my believer to know I'm, I'm going to have enough faith, but I'm going to come forward knowing that God wants to meet me halfway. That's kind of my point tonight is God wants to meet you halfway. So don't sit and wait for him to show up or wait for you to finally have faith for that affirmity. God wants to meet you halfway. It's okay if you don't feel confident that you can receive. You might, because of teaching, you might be believing there's something holding it back, something in me, something in me. Well, Jesus wants to break that off you and and he'll do the work. You believe the words that I'm now saying to you which are coming from Jesus. He wants you to know that he is ever-present to help you in your time of need. He's not ever-present so that he can be the best religion of all time. He's a personal God. He personally wants to touch you, just like he miraculously lifted me from my pit. He wants to do the same thing for you no matter where you're at. You're at. Guess what? He knows. <laughs> he knows way more than you know. He knows all the wise. He knows what's still hanging on to your ankle with talons, some evil spirit or some old habit. I mean, he knows. He knows exactly the work that needs to happen in your heart, in your mind. He knows. Well, I haven't told anybody I know, but he knows. (laughs) He knows your situation. He knows exactly how many times you've come forward and prayed about the same thing. I want to activate your faith to believe first you have to hear the word to believe that God is ever present to heal. He's not distant. I'm going to get in your face just a little bit. Some of your believing or lack of believing that's holding you back. If you if you if you came to the Holy Spirit, as the as the most wonderful counselor there could be, he's our counselor, that's one of the descriptions. So he's counseling us, right? And we had this counseling session with the Holy Spirit, and we started talking about, you know, our spiritual condition, how we're feeling, and, and this and that, and this and that. He would he would basically come to this conclusion. So, let me get this right. Okay. So you don't believe that God's real. No, I didn't say that oh you didn't say that okay so you believe God's real but he doesn't do anything he doesn't really want to do anything in your life he's very distant oh I didn't say that oh you didn't say that and he'd just kind of go down that list you kind of go, know where I'm going with this he'd be going down this list and what we're saying about our life and our believer the Holy Spirit's trying to be honest with us saying well you're kind of saying that you don't believe God exists really Yeah. Or maybe you just believe that he exists, but he's way far away. And he doesn't, he just started this earth, you know, did the big bang and then left on vacation for 10,000 years. I just want us to kind of think about this, just to think, what is holding us back? Why are we at this place where we're holding on to bad teaching and bad doctrine are from our past and we're too proud to let it go, I guess, maybe that's it. Or we're holding on to this, well, you know, it didn't work for me last time I prayed, so that part of my believing, that part of this whole faith equation, I just can't believe because it didn't work for me. I mean, do you know what I'm saying? It doesn't make sense. This is an all or nothing deal. Either God's alive, the Word is true, and all of his promises are yes and amen, or we're we're just a bunch of suckers, baby, believing a lie and wasting our time. If the power of God is not evident in our lives and in this church like it is in Jesus' life, we are missing out on a real truth, a reality that's real, because... This is how I believe. You just, we're, we're, we're making up some kind of place that this is where I believe. And I, this is what, this is straight from the Lord. I, I, maybe it's not good that I'm not using very many scriptures. I had, you can ask them, I had 10 scriptures to use and I decided to go ahead and just do the stories because I, I really believe that the word is there and ever present already for you to act on. So I'm trying to rock your world a little bit to help you understand the talking out of both sides of your mouth, the dichotomies, the all the weirdness of a Christian who believes in Almighty God but doesn't believe he's going to do anything for them. I mean, it's just such contradictions. It's, it's kind of, uh, I think if we can awaken ourselves to that, like, wait a minute, if God is real, then... Boom, 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 boom. Speak to me in audible voice. Boom, boom, boom. He'll heal my back. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, Bring me out of this pit of depression. I mean, just all of the above. If God is real and he's ever present in time of need, then all of the above is true. So we need to be humble enough to let go of preconceived ideas of who God is be based on how we're raised or or just basically yeah well I never heard that before ignorance of the truth there's really two camps there's this bad teaching that puts people in this weird weird place that man makes God out to be a schizophrenic unreliable wishy-washy God or there's just such lack of knowledge they just don't know as far as they know i mean well wait a minute i'm jesus came i'm born again and then i just live, live a good life and i go to church to hear all the rules i'm supposed to keep wow yeah that's maybe that's a lot of christians right now but that's a lack of knowledge for what the word says not not what our church says what the word says that we have Am I just rambling or is this helping anybody? Are you getting ready to receive healing? I believe that I've asked the Lord for some words of knowledge to see if I knew any. any, uh, if the Lord would give me any specifics because I've had that happen just very rarely. And so I thought, wow, gosh, if I could sense that in the spirit, that would be kind of fun. But not necessary, you know. But the one thing I did hear is... There's a number of you who have asked for the prayer for the same thing for a long time, many, many, many times, and have given up. That's about the only thing I heard. When I was over there worshiping, the Lord impressed of me to ask him to bring to give me words of knowledge, and the only thing I really got was that there's a number of you, like half of you, if not all of you. I just it was a big number of you that have issues in your body that you've asked for to be healed of many times, multiple times, and you have not been healed yet. So, I don't know why the Lord would tell me that unless he wanted to deal with that. He wanted Because that's probably the hardest one for me to pray for. Because you've given up. There's a part of you that hasn't given up, but there's also another part of you that has given up. So I want to encourage you, if that's you, Remember the humble part? No shame. Well, people have see me go up, you know, like ten times, you know. They're going to think I'm weak of faith. No, we want to get everything we can get from God. <laughs> Nothing holding us back. No pride holding us back to coming, coming to the Savior one more time with absolute confidence that he's real, ever-present in our time of need.